One last chance to say goodbye to Natasha Romanoff. We're talking Black Widow. This is Cinematic Botastic. Welcome back to Cinematic Botastic. I'm Andrew. And I'm Philip. And we're talking about Black Widow, Marvel's first foray into Phase 4. I did another alliteration. <laughs> that wasn't on purpose. I think it's phase four, right? Uh, that, that's why I was... I, didn't I mean, think. the movie doesn't take place in that time. It's But it's the official phase four, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you had the Spider-Man that came after Endgame, but was still part of the same phase. So, I think... Was there anything? Because it was, it was dealing with a lot of the ramifications of Endgame. This is the first film... That's part of phase four. The TV shows are all phase four, I'm That's assuming. True. But as far as films, yes, I believe this is the first in the phase four, but takes place during the events of phase three. Phase two. Two. Whew. Phaser's set to stun. <laughs> <laughs> Black Widow is directed by Kate Shortland, and uh, we were looking at her IMDb page and hadn't recognized any of the films that she had done but that's kind of in line with what marvel does they pick directors who aren't necessarily mainstream aren't aren't huge directors in their in their own right and works with them and and it's been a a method that's worked so far they're not seeking out the steven spielbergs or the christopher nolans they're finding directors that maybe in some cases, haven't really made a name for themselves yet. And it's like, hey, we're going to give you a shot. Here's the keys to the kingdom. What would it be like if Spielbo and <laughs> Nolan... Spielbo? Yes. Really? Yeah. We're friends. No, That's not. my nickname for him. <laughs> Spielbo old, old and Nolo. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sp- Spielbo and Nolo. <laughs> Spielbo and Nolo. There you go. <laughs> If if Nolan and Spielberg, like, what if they did do an ep- the, do knows? a movie? That I would, mean, I don't foresee Spielberg. I mean, he's not going jumping to, into the, the you know the superhero. And obviously, Christopher Nolan has done the Batman movies. But yeah, for I I think Kenneth Kenneth Branagh was a big name, and he did the first Thor. Joss Whedon, he really hadn't. He'd done TV. He had done TV. He had done the Serenity, which was a continuation of his TV show, but was not really a proven movie director. So yeah, I think they they they've done well. I think you know the they've stuck with directors that I think they're they're not looking for somebody with a name to attract you to the project. They're looking for somebody that is going to make a product that you're going to be attracted to. Although they may have inadvertently done that with the Eternals, because true. But when she got involved with the Eternals, well, I mean, she no, wasn't yeah. a when, when she got involved, she uh, did. Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao. Now she's won an Oscar. She's so. got some clout behind her name, and but when they brought her in or brought her yeah, on, uh, yeah, on the, board, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like they may have done that inadvertently. Yeah, that now they have a name to possibly draw in some more audience this movie also stars uh, scarlett johansson florence Pugh, david harbour and 
We can't figure out if it's Rachel Wise or Rachel Vise because we've found both. <laughs> there's the American uh, the pronunciation, American which is Wise, and then there's the British uh, pronunciation, which is Vice. Vice. Um, so, so I've always heard it as Vice. So myself gonna, too. So you know, vice versa. I'm, gonna, you know, I'm sorry, that was a bad joke. I'm really going to say bad. Rachel Vice from now, from now on. I'm going to just say Rachel Versa. <laughs> so Black Widow uh, picks up right after, as we said, uh, Captain America: Civil War, which was. In, like we said, we didn't say anything about Captain America: Civil War. Well, you yet. said it was. It, I it said was it was part of Phase Two. Phase Two. And anyways, <laughs> picks up where Captain America Civil War left off. She faces her past as an assassin for Russia, specifically a hit that she was involved with by killing Drakov. In the hit, she inadvertently killed Drakov's daughter as collateral damage because her presence in the room was clarification or, or confirmation that Drakeoff was in the was room there, yeah. and then they set off an explosive and blew up the entire building. So uh, well in, in the in this movie we get to finally see the payoff. There was a there was a line in I think the first Avengers movie. First Avengers Loki between, Loki mentions Drakeoff's daughter. Yeah. And then also um Hawkeye and Natasha say like something like we're going to do something like Budapest. Yeah. This event that we see her in, in, in um, blowing up the building and killing Dragoff and his daughter is what the, that movie is referring to. He was the guy that was responsible for the black widow program, which made Natasha Romanoff who she is, which involved kidnapping little girls and basically brainwashing them and turning them into assassins. And making it to where that's the only thing they do. And so she gets out of that program and kills him to not only prove her allegiance to America, but also to stop the program. And lo and behold, he's not dead. <laughs> and so that's where this movie picks up. And uh, they find out that there are more Black Widows being made all around the world. But what, what what they kind of reveal is the the whole program. You know, they, yes, they do kidnap the girls, they train them, brainwash them from a very young age, but they also make them infertile, so they are not able to you know have a family, have kids. You know, it's it just a a horrible program for these girls that have how are forced to go through it. Yeah. And so yeah, her. her I mean, yeah, the the killing the daughter has haunted her for you know ever however long ago. It, I don't I don't remember exactly what it says when it took place, but she's already working for Shield, and like you said, it's kind of the the proving ground of she is on our side, not still on their side. Um, but it's you know it was she felt it was like her duty to cut the head off of the snake in order to keep other girls safe to not be brought into that program and so yeah she felt that it was a necessary evil but it's been haunting her this whole time and 
you know, we also later find out that Dracoff's daughter is not dead either. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll get so it all it all just works out perfectly fine. It's a it's a perfect. She way had to, no reason to regret it. Yeah, she had, she had no regrets, and I feel like so this movie, like I said, it, it reveals that other Black Widows are are in the world, and one of those is Florence Pugh's Yelena, but she is she grew up with. Scarlett Johansson's character as a little girl and, and as a fake family. It was as, her, Scarlett Johansson's Nata- as Natasha. And then, uh, David Harbour played their dad. And then Rachel Weiss uh, played the mother. <laughs> played so the mother. so they, they do show their upbringing. There's a bit of upbringing earlier on in the film. In the film. And they were a sleeper agent family. Living uh, in the U.S. Living in the U.S. Uh, from wor- working for Russia. And, of course, you know, something happens and they have to leave the United States quickly. And that's kind of where they last saw each other. And even though the family is, is fake, the Yelena character, Florence Pugh's character, as, as a little girl, she was really young. She was like five or six, like very, yeah. very young. She grew up with that not knowing it was fake and so even as an adult she still holds on to those moments that were genuine and felt like that is her family and she i think you know florence Pugh, i think was really the mvp of the whole movie and i i felt like that that emotion and that plight of like i don't have a family but at the same time, I grew up with a family, and that dichotomy really kind of played off really well. Like I, I felt it off the screen through her uh, performance, and so I felt like she she really shined and was a, a real good choice. The last movie I saw her in was Midsummer, and that movie was. I don't think we've done a podcast on that one, but we probably no, should. We should. We should. <laughs> and. It it was all although it was disturbing and and very strange and weird. It was extremely well done, and she she was, does a great job. She was the the shining star of that movie as well, and so it's no surprise that this one she shines. And you know, after finding out that she was in a rendition of Little Women, it's kind of make me want to see Little Women. I have th- I've, I've never seen the Winona Ryder version, but I have seen the Florence version and i enjoyed it i thought it was it was good but you you kind of said that she was the mvp of the film and i think part of what makes her the mvp is was the way her and scarlett johansson's chemistry i felt like it worked really well on the screen you know they they in the storyline they were made to made to pretend they were sisters but when they re find each other i guess they play off each other like they they are sisters. There's that kind of like that sister bond of, you know, they joke around about stupid things or make comments that you're like, they really f- made it feel like they were family. And I felt like that was very well done in the film was that, that whole relationship between those two. I would liken it to another film, Jeepers Creepers. Okay. You know, if you haven't seen that movie... It's a good one, but there's there's a brother sister uh, characters in that movie that before that movie gets into its horror aspects, 
it has one of the most genuine familial sibling relationships that I've ever seen on screen. I feel like I'm not going to say this one's as good, but I felt like Florence Pugh really made you feel like she felt that sister or that, that sibling bond. I, I would agree. And so clearly, you know, it was a, it was a wise choice to pick her because they were clearly, you know, passing the baton onto Florence Pugh's Yelena as becoming the next Black Widow type character for the for the MCU. MCU. And, you know, they're doing the same thing with Captain America. It's, it's a, you know, the character is still sticking around, but it's a different actor. So it's going to be a, a bit of a different iteration, iteration. You know, it's it's continuing. And so they're definitely going to going to pass that off with her because obviously we all know because the this movie ends leading right into Endgame and Infinity War, where Scarlett Johansson's character <laughs> sacrifices herself and, and and is killed off. So, so I think they made a wise choice with that. And you know, there there are a few things that uh, both Philip and I liked, and a couple things we didn't necessarily like. And then there's also some issues with this movie and its release that uh, we'll talk about here in a little bit as well but you were you were saying that you know in this movie they introduce a character called the taskmaster yes and he well we later find out she so it's it's not a character that i was really familiar with before this movie and was not one that i researched necessarily you know before the movie came out i think i researched it some afterwards to kind of see you know what's the character all about but the the character in the movie is introduced and the the way that the character wears their i don't know if it's armor or just their their bodysuit it plays off like it's a, a male yes so you believe through most of this movie that the taskmaster character and i don't think i ever thought am i going to find out who is underneath that mask necessarily mm-hmm. uh, i mean i think once it got closer to the point where okay we're about to find out I don't think I ever thought we're going to reveal. It's just, it's one of those characters kind of like snake eyes from, from the GI Joe movies. You never ever see him outside of his suit. Okay. Uh, unless you've seen the movie, the most recent movie he is outside of the suit. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's, uh, I think in the comics, it's kind of a character that's associated with kind of that, that suit. Uh, and the characters traditionally male is a, is a male, but the, the opening scene where you're kind of introduced to who taskmaster is and what they can do. I thought it was really cool. Basically the, the powers is they can mimic whoever it is that they are fighting, which, you know, I've never been in a fight, but I can imagine if I'm trying to fight somebody and they are able to mimic every single move that I am doing, it's not going to be an easy fight. And you know it makes makes the the Taskmaster character seem very very hard for somebody like the Black Widow, who we've seen in countless other movies. She's a badass, and she can you know she can take down people side by side with Captain America or Iron Man. You know, like she's not somebody that that can be beaten very easily. Uh, but they show that the Taskmaster character can kind of go toe to toe with her. And like I said, the way that the 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 site the the scene was filmed and and whatnot, and just showing how the Taskmaster uh, approaches a fight, I thought it was just really a cool fight scene. I really like that. 
it was definitely an impressive scene and made me really excited to see like what else the taskmaster taskmaster could do and but i think that was my my one of my other gripes about this movie was that i felt like they they really started scratching the surface because i i don't know anything about the taskmaster except for the fact that he is a perfect mimic of whoever he's fighting and that was his special ability that he could match your fighting style and be able to beat you and i don't know where i got that knowledge because i don't even think we have like a lot of our knowledge of this universe came originally from our collector card set in the 90s but i don't think he's on, on in that card set and I don't know. so i'm not even sure where i learned this information from and I haven't watched many cartoon series that of especially Marvel since the '90s X-Men cartoon and <laughs> Spider-Man stuff. Beyond that, I, I haven't watched anything they've done recently, with the exception of like What If and you know those things which are set in this universe, right? But like just kids' cartoons and things like. So I, I'm not sure where I where I came across that, that information, knowledge. but I but I knew that. And so I, I came into that movie knowing that information. And so obviously, as that scene plays out, you see that he beats the crap out of Scarlett Johansson because he can match her fighting style. And then I felt like the character didn't really do much throughout the rest of the movie. There's other fight sequences, yes, but in the climactic falling through the sky explosion debris <laughs> thing... You can't really, although it's it's a cool looking scene. There's not any room there to like mimic a fighting style. You're falling and you punch somebody, <laughs> you know. And so, I felt like there was more opportunity for the Taskmaster to show their Abilities. ability. And you know, there's a brief fight with the Taskmaster and Taskmaster and. Uh, the Red Guardian, David Harbour's character, but that's kind of cut short, and you don't really see a whole lot of it. I, I can I can agree. I, I I can see where you're coming from, and and I can say that yeah, that opening fight sequence really is the the meat and the bread and butter of of that character for the movie. They don't really utilize that aspect of the character really later and on in the film. So you know they they do imply that that character is not killed off. And continues to serve, you know live on and goes off on their own mission. Who knows what they rode off into the sunset. So really, we may but... see them again, and that will be, or say we may see her again, and so that'll be nice to know, nice to see if and when that that comes back. That'll be hopefully more chance for that character to to really shine. Yeah. The other thing about this movie is, like we said, this takes place during right after the events of Civil War. And that was during the second phase. We're in phase four now. I can't, can't keep my phases. <laughs> I feel like with with Endgame and Infinity War, like so much happened. Like it's just, there was so much movie in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but the, those movies were, were, were big in scope, scale, and they were like three hours long each. So there's essentially like three movies worth of information in there. And so I felt like not only that, but then the Spider-Man movie came out, like you said, and there was other movies in between 
Civil War. There's a lot of movies in between Civil War and, and Endgame. And so I just felt like this movie was too late. It's not a horrible movie. It's not bad. But for me, the fact that we know that right after that, she's just going to go die. The hopeful ending that it gave is not hopeful because we, we know it's not. Mm-hmm. And so I, I felt like that was kind of one of the sore spots of, of, of this movie. Although, like I said, it's not a bad one. They they didn't do a horrible job, and there's a lot of cool stuff in it. Right. But I just felt like after watching it, it was like, you know, this would have been cool if it came out right after Civil War. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I can see that argument, but I don't know if I, I had that feeling when watching it uh, necessarily. I just... I just liked it because it was we've been with this character and and she's been killed off and there's still a lot that we don't know about the character so let's you know let the dust settle let's go back and fill in some blanks here you know where what is her story now that we've seen her her end game so to speak let's go fill it in and say okay here's more about this character that you as the audience have grown to love. I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, you know, we, we talked about the, during our fast and furious podcast, when I rewatched those films leading into the next movie, what order do I watch them in? Cause they are out of order and I watch them in the order that they should be. I think, I don't know. One, there, there's a lot more movies in the Marvel universe. <laughs> so, to watch all of them before in the next movie is a l- much bigger undertaking. But I don't know. I haven't really thought. Would I? Would I try to watch them in timeline order, or would I just watch them as they release? Because it, it it would be interesting to see or or watch Civil War, put in Black Widow, and then pick it up right when she returns with uh, or in in Endgame to see you know. I wonder if it would like make more uh, for more of a complete story. See, I'm not sure. You know, I I did enjoy this movie, and I'm glad I saw it. But you know, I I kind of feel like they just kind of checked all the boxes. You know, this is the Marvel movie formula. Let's let's do that, and then they put it out. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily enough because I you know. Yes, there's this backstory that we don't see much of that's mentioned in in Avengers about the the Dracov's daughter being killed and it's kind of this thing that's hanging over her. But in that movie she kind of plays it off like it's not that big of a deal. And then they don't they don't mention it again. And then there's, you know, a couple lines here or there that say, you know, oh, this is like Budapest and, and stuff like that and I didn't feel like this is that was necessarily something that I had to see. And then you mentioned the stuff about the you know making them sterile, and that was mentioned in another movie. And so there is stuff that's revealed about her throughout the the movies, but I'm I just kind of felt like they just decided to put them all in one <laughs> all in one movie instead of you know th- those seemed like more of a wider range of things. And of course, you know, the other thing, while I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea that they did this, it also kind of felt like a cheap trick that, oh, well, this character is an assassin, but we're supposed to, she's supposed to be a good guy. So we kind of need to take her badness out 
So let's make this horrible thing of killing a little girl off of her record by retconning the fact that it's actually the Taskmaster and she's still alive and now not really, but they're best friends, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and they, they work together and, and, you know, at the end they find, you know, they, they do team up sort of, I guess. So I, I don't know. I kind of felt like that might've been too much of a cheap little, like, let's make her really a good character even though she's an assassin and has probably killed a lot more people, but <laughs> it's the one we, we care about with this film. You know, a lot of films are releasing in theaters and on streaming services and, you know, it's all due to the pandemic and, you know, the studios are wanting to, to make sure that their films are seen, you know, cause they know that some people aren't comfortable yet going to the movie theater. And so the, 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 the movie release as of right now has, you know, the format has changed for a lot of movies and the release of this one caused a little bit of a little bit of a stir, so to speak. Caused a bit of a stir. Yeah. Many months before Wonder Woman 1984, kind of, I think it was kind of one of the first ones released in theaters and on HBO Max. HBO Max at the same time. And as long as you were a subscriber to HBO Max, you didn't have to pay anything additional. It was just part of your, what is it, like 11, 15, 99 subscription. Yeah. At the time, it was just one price, but now they've got like multiple yeah, there's prices. Multiple, but, but yeah, so it was, it, Wonder Woman kind of s- set the precedence for let's release it at home at the same time as theaters. And the big discussion about that, people were all kind of concerned about, was that what does that mean for the contracts? Because most movie contracts that I've, as far as I understand, at least big ones like these, part of the contract is the residuals from residuals from the movie. How, how, like, you know, if the movie does so well, a certain percentage of that cost is paid back to the actor. And. Shortly before the well, movie and, was... And when they do that, they, they take less of a paycheck up front to do the movie. Yeah, sometimes. With the ex- with the idea that this movie's going to make a lot of money at the movie theater. So I can either take a big paycheck up front or take less of a paycheck up front and most likely make more money off of the theatrical run of the movie. That was kind of the big talker back when Wonder Woman was doing it. And then... Like, almost, I don't know if this is how it was, but it just seemed like the day before it released, it was announced, oh, they renegotiated her contract and they, they said how much they paid Gal Gadot. I forget how much it was, right. but they, they announced she took this much of a, a settlement. I, I, that's not the real right word, but she was given more money, basically. She, she took this much compensation to, to make the change and then they released it. And I, wanting to say i don't think i saw it in theaters i think i just watched it on hbo max i think at, yeah, the, no. at the time i wasn't comfortable going to theaters it it, it, it was like right right around christmas time because yeah. your in-laws got you the subscription and then you thankfully <laughs> shared it with me because <laughs> i think you watched it and then like a week later i was able to watch it but yeah that was one that we both watched uh strictly streaming 
it was kind of a weird. It, it was, and, weird. and I think we talk about it too uh, on our podcast about that movie. The fact that we were streaming a movie that we were, were probably expecting to have seen in the theater. Yeah, Disney decided to follow suit and do that release strategy with some of their movies, and this was kind of the first one that. Well, no, I think they did one before that, didn't they? Was it Mulan? Mulan, yeah, because Mulan yeah. released before, and and that's right. So, so this is not the first one, but it's they did it with Mulan. It was a test run, and then they did it again with with Black Widow. And shortly after that happened, Scarlett Johansson sued Disney. <laughs> well, the the biggest I guess difference, and and Disney has gotten into trouble for this. I don't, you know, I don't know if there's any lawsuits, but they, they have a string of movies that some have released to Disney plus where if you just pay for the Disney plus subscription, you can watch it the same day it's in theater. The, the, the soul. couple, the couple of Pixar movies. Yeah. Soul was that way. And Luke, onward. Luca. No, on, onward was in theaters before the pandemic, but it's, that was the last movie. I saw. Yeah. But it like dropped on Disney plus pretty soon. Yeah. And was not one that you had to pay for. Yeah. So the, they, they've done some movies where it was just part of the subscription, but then Mulan, Black Widow, uh, more recently jungle, the jungle cruise, the jungle cruise. If you want to watch it at home, you can on Disney plus, but you have to pay, I think, most of it's them like have been $30. like thirty dollars, yeah. and so there's, I, I you know I, I can see where there's a difference of HBO Max. It's free, no extra cost. You just watch it. Yeah, the, the HBO Max deal is a whole different thing, and that caused a, <laughs> a different well, and, stir and, and with and a I, lot of people. And I think HBO Max, when they started doing that, I think they renegotiated every film that they were releasing on HBO Max. There was some renegotiating involved with everyone involved with those films. So like uh, yeah, they approached it probably in a better way. Yeah. They, they there has to be, cause I haven't heard any other complaints from, you know, the film stars of, of those movies, but back to black widow, it, it, when it came out in theaters, it grossed at least here in the United States around $80 million in its opening weekend. And likewise, 60 million from Disney plus, but the problem is that the next weekend it <laughs> dramatically dropped and Scarlett Johansson, at least in her lawsuit, is alleging that the drop in sales is because of the day and date release strategy and that significantly impacted her compensation. So she sued Disney for breach of, of contract saying that releasing it same day and date on streaming and in the theaters was a breach of contract and, and it impacted her what, what she originally signed a contract for to uh, it, it, it decreased the amount of money that she was going to make. Cause technically contract wise, anybody that rented the movie on Disney plus that even though it made $60 million dollars, I think because of her contract, she was not able to earn money from. She, those, she may have not had any any revenue from from, from that, that because it was not a theatrical release. And then Disney kind of a lot of people thought this was a bad move on the, on their part. They published they, they, their response was 
basically saying like, well, we don't we we didn't uh, we didn't uh, we didn't violate anything and we don't know why she's making such a a fuss about this because she made 20 million dollars already and you know that's obviously paraphrased but in my opinion it felt like they were announcing that to make us mere non-millionaires feel like oh you know why is a 20 million dollar like if i wish i got paid 20 million dollars you know in in anything and so i feel like that's what they were doing trying to get people to be like oh why is this girl uh, why is this woman why is she fighting she over made 20 million dollars yeah, what what what's the big fuss but in the end you know if if she's right then they screwed her out of a lot of money and it goes back to any kind of rights of women not getting paid, you know, appropriately for their job. So, well, and, and it also didn't look good that, you know, I don't know, was it a month later that, that Shang-Chi was released it, and it was, they, they decided like two weeks before it released that like, we are not going to put it on Disney plus. This is just going to theater. So again, it kind of goes to theaters. It kind of goes back to the, so let's put the movie led by a female. Yeah. And let's put it on both formats and, you know, she's going to lose out on money, but the one that's got the male, let's just put it in theaters, you know? So it, it's what, are, what are the reasons behind those decisions? It didn't, doesn't look good. Yeah. It didn't look good. And there's a lot of, there's probably a lot of more to this that we could get into, but it would make three more podcasts probably. So, and we're not, <laughs> And, and we don't, we, we're not legal drama stuff. Yeah. We don't know much about, about the legalese of, of behind the, of contracts and whatnot. In the long run, just recently, Disney and Scarlett Johansson did settle. And so I kind of feel like Disney probably realized that they were, in my opinion, I feel like Disney was in the wrong. It sounds like, you know, I, I, I recently watched something that talked about, like how impossible it is to take on Disney in in a legal battle because they have they had four million dollars to buy Star Wars you know that's chump change to them so they have I mean, they're, they're enough money to the biggest company I yeah mean, I so could be wrong but like they they are one of the biggest companies for sure and so it's it's the point is moot to to do a lawsuit so the fact that Scarlett Johansson did sue them. And then Disney settled implies to me that Disney was in the wrong and they don't want to lose a lawsuit. So yeah. that's just my personal opinion. And uh, it's the right I'm sticking, no. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. She's willing to work with Disney again. Uh, I don't know if there's any projects in the works, but it kind of sounded like she might have stuff outside of the MCU or part of the MCU. It, it didn't impl- it didn't imply either. But we're working with Disney, yeah. Well, I mean, who who knows? She she might have projects that aren't aren't under the the Marvel uh, or MCU uh, umbrella necessarily. But you know, there there's the What If series that's on Disney Plus right now that has had the Black Widow character in some of the stories. It hasn't been voiced by Scarlett Johansson, but it's one of those things where I think uh, they're getting a lot of positive response. And, you know, I, I, I wonder, does this animated series set in the universe of the Marvel movies, you know, would it ever possibly make the jump to live action? You know, and if it did, 
that that whole premise is they could really pull anybody <laughs> back that's 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 dead. You know, the yeah. the the what if series has had Iron Man in it, and you know his character obviously is dead. You know, the, so that's that whole. Uh, you know, I wonder is there a future somewhere where she returns to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but as that what if storyline, you know. And that, that, that might just be my wishful thinking. <laughs> possibly, but, you know, the, the I have heard that, you know, it's not outside of the realm of possibility because I have heard rumors that Captain Carter may make an appearance in the flesh. And so you never, you never know. What never if? Know. What hmm. if? Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I saw this movie twice. And I'm, I'm really struggling to figure out if I want to give it one ticket or if I want to give it two. The issue is, is that I saw it once and I was, it was okay. Like I said, checked all the boxes and I can watch it easily. No problem. Then I saw it a second time and I really enjoyed it a whole lot more. But, you know, this movie just recently dropped on Disney Plus for Disney Plus subscribers you no longer have to pay for it and because it was coming out soon you know my daughter really wants to see this movie and i thought about going to buy it because it was out on blu-ray but i was very hesitant to buy it because i was like (laughs) i don't know if i want to own it especially if i can just watch it on disney plus right but i've i've bought the other movies and although i most recently have been watching all of them through the streaming service because it's convenience it is nice to know that i do have them the copies of the other movies that i have purchased and so i I haven't gotten myself to the point where i want to buy it at home so Uh, that's that's my your hesitation on hesitation on two tickets because i did see it twice so technically it qualifies as a two ticket movie but i'm not rushing to want to see it again but at the same time when i saw it the second time it was more. It was much more enjoyable, yeah. and I remember leaving the theater. Why did I feel so bad about wanting to see this a second time? It was great, <laughs> and I feel like if I watched it a third time, I would have that same feeling. So I'm going to give it one and a half tickets. <laughs> okay, just to just to to settle the argument. I I would have to really find a reason to not give it two tickets. I think I'm not saying it's the greatest movie in the Marvel universe of movies i can understand and i can see you know your your point of view of of the faults that you're, you're that you're you're picking out of the movie but you know i, I don't know I, I even the 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 marvel movies that tend to have the most negative uh response from fans i still really enjoy them yeah <laughs> i have fun I, watching them a lot of people give a lot of flack to Thor too, but I really like yeah that Thor, one. Thor the Dark World, and you know this is another story to get into. But the the Hulk movie with Edward Norton gets a lot of flack. Maybe it's because I'm an Edward Norton fan, but I really liked that movie, uh, and I'm 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 really happy that they are continually bringing that movie back into you know the the storyline a lot of people is like oh it's not really part of the storyline but you know even even black widow at the very beginning had general ross played by the same character yeah. or actor you know an abomination showed up in shang chi and there's a disney plus she hulk in the works that you know that they 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 say might 
bring back even more of the characters from that movie. But not to get too sidetracked, I, I would give it two tickets. I'm 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 with you on. Uh, I'm not rushing out to buy it, mostly because you know it is now streaming on Disney Plus. If I want to watch it, it's there. You know, if anybody knows me, I'm a fan of owning the movies that I like. I like the physical media. Uh, I do appreciate the convenience of streaming, but I'm also a fan of like of of what comes with the physical media of the special features behind the scenes, you know, or some you know stuff that that you can't get from the streaming. But with with it streaming, I know I don't have to go out and buy it right now while it costs upwards of twenty five thirty dollars to own the physical yeah. media. I'm much more at it's it's a lot easier to wait till it hits the bargain bin, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, they usually have some kind of sale where here's this brand new movie that came out yesterday. It was thirty dollars today, five dollars. You know, so it's it's two tickets for me. Uh, and and realizing that it is on Disney Plus, I think I am gonna try to watch it. Uh, I might try to do the whole Civil War, Black Widow, Endgame. I don't know if I will keep continuing, but just to kind of see does it does it help bookend those movies and does does watching it in the spot where it should take place does it benefit from that? Okay, I will say yeah, owning the physical version, the quality of the videos much better. Yes, than streaming. It, it's it's crazy to think that I remember I popped in Thor Ragnarok, I think, and I watched it on Netflix on a high definition TV and the quality looked okay. I mean, I, I didn't think it looked bad, but then I put in the DVD or the, the Blu-ray and it was 10 times yeah. better. And I was like, what is this? Like, it's, it's strange. Cause like when you watch it on the streaming service, it, it looks great. looks great. But then man, it's a, it's a difference. So what did you think of black widow? Did you think it was just in time too late, too early to have a, story for black widow the character who has been throughout almost all of the marvel cinematic universe movies was she introduced in iron man 2 yeah okay she's she's in almost every one of them in, in some well, i mean obviously not guardians of the galaxy but you know for, <laughs> right. for the most part her character is 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 there Present. do you think it was a proper send-off to her character do you think it was good to revisit her after she had died uh, in a prequel let us know on facebook instagram twitter and more and anchor.fm as well <laughs> until next time we'll see you at the movies and don't forget to check your ticket stubs